Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Today I wanted to get into what are you known for? Uh, I like to switch up my Bible reading here and there, and, and through the month of January, uh, for a few weeks, I was going through Acts. I just was like, you know what? I want to go through Acts again, and as I was reading, this uh, couple chapters kind of stuck out to me, so I wanted to talk about that with you this morning. I wanted to talk about what are you known for? You know, we are to be known, like we, we read the Word of God, and there's specific people that are mentioned in the Bible. Why? Because of their faith, there's an important story to it, um, their courage, their boldness. So they were known for something, okay? When we talk about Jesus <coughs> in the Word of God, he's known for what? He's known for his acts of miracles. He's known for his love. He's known for, um, hey Liz, and you're right on the money. He's known for what? Uh, his compassion. He's known for his authority. He's, he's known for all these great works okay, that we are to represent now as Christians. We're a little Christ. That's what it stands for, Christians, little Christ. We're representing the kingdom of God here on earth. Are we representing it well? Do we look like people who don't have a redeemer? Because there are many Christians that walk around and you're wondering, why on earth would I serve the God you serve? What, what makes me want to know your Jesus? Good morning, Kelly. Hey, Ashley. And so, you know, that's, the, that's what we're going to be talking about. What are we known for? So I'm going to go through a story here in Acts 4 because it really stuck out to me when I was reading it. And we're going to talk about some other things, but I want to get into what are we known for? What are we known for? I'm going to read Acts 4. A little bit of reading for a second, then we'll get into it. Just wanted to give you the story before the verses that I'm getting ready to get into. Hey, Alyssa, thank you so much. Thank you for, um, for being a part of this ministry. We love you. All right, Peter and John before the council. All right, chapter four real quick. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed, okay? He got them all riled up. What, what, what Peter and John were doing were drawing attention, okay? And these... These temple guards, these Sadducees, these religious leaders didn't like it. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus, uh, there's resurrection of the dead. So they're, they're preaching the gospel. They're preaching salvation here. So they arrested them. And since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. So here we go. There are, they're bringing the people in. They're telling them about Jesus. And now we're totaling like 5,000. Um, hey, faith, 5,000 people, right, that are now believing in Jesus. So the next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of the religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there along with um, Cephas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, By what power or whose name have you done this? Then Peter, 
Now here's a key here because we always talk about how the Holy Spirit gives us courage, gives us boldness to rise up. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, something like just clicks with um, knowing like who you are in Christ. What authority do you have to speak from? Okay, so it says, then Peter filled with, <coughs> hey Faith, um, with the Holy Spirit said to them, all right, so this boldness came out of Peter. It says, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? So if you read before uh, chapter 4, you're seeing that, you know, they healed a crippled man and they told him, go before the religious leaders, tell them, you know, what happened, you go, you go and do it. Um, they said, he said, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Um, I love it because it's like a jab. You crucified him. You thought you did something. You thought you finished it. But hold on. Let me just add to the rest of that. He was raised from the dead. So you didn't do nothing. You didn't kill him. You can't murder the master. He gave up his spirit and conquered death, hell, and the grave and came back and has given us authority over the enemy, has given us a, a commission to spread the gospel, to do greater works, to lay hands on the sick, to see them recover. So look, a lick it, a little jab. All right, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. He's not there no more. All right, so for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that the builders rejected now become the cornerstone. There is salvation and no one else. All right, he's speaking with pure boldness. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. If you're just now jumping on, make sure you share the broadcast. Get it out there. We're talking about what are you known for, okay? The members of the council were amazed, okay? What came out of his mouth? It amazed them. They're looking around going, what in the world? Did he just talked to us like this? Doesn't he know who we are? Doesn't he know he's in handcuffs? Doesn't he know he's like going to jail? Like what in the world? Amazed that this man had no fear to speak up, was not phased by what was going on, right? Okay. They're like, back then, how many times they like, they kept going to jail and having like their last nights, they're thinking like, okay, we're going to die tomorrow. Okay, this is it. This is, but no, they kept getting out of jail and they kept preaching the gospel. So the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see, I love this, and this is what we're going to be getting into today. They could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. There's two parts there. 
They saw that there were no ordinary men, no special training in scripture. They didn't go to theology school. They didn't go to Bible school. They didn't, um, you know, get all this training from, from at some kind of training place back then in Jerusalem. It's just they were ordinary men, no special training in scripture. But the key was this, that they could see that they were men who had been with Jesus. And that's what we're going to get in today. Because what, what you've been around, what's rubbed off on you is what? It's going to come out of you. It's going to be your lifestyle. It's going to come out of your mouth. You're going to operate in it that way. And, and we're going to talk about what you're known for, what being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so look at this. The religious leaders couldn't figure them out. They couldn't deny the healing. They couldn't deny it. The, they knew the guy that was crippled and he's running in like couldn't walk and walking. Like the guy was known back then, you know, you see these people laying on the streets. They're known. It's, just, it's like, you know, <coughs> you know who that person was. They, they saw him being a beggar. They saw him crippled. They saw him, you know, roaming around town and they would know who people were that were crippled. And so now he is uh, running over to them. He's talking about his healing. So they couldn't deny the healing. They couldn't deny um, the miracle, right, that just took place. They couldn't deny Peter and John's boldness because it just said in the Bible they were amazed. They were like, is this guy really talking to us like this? Like what in the world is going on? Okay, and so they were like thinking, why was John and Peter not intimidated? Why? why? They're in handcuffs. They're before the religious leaders. They know back then what they were doing. Like you, there was no, not, not the same freedom that we have in this nation to do what they were doing. And so they're like, why is in a crisis, Okay, why is it in a crisis these men reacted the way they did? And you can see, and you know, before the last two years, you know, crisis has always been in this world. Um, I feel like obviously in the last two years, it was, it, it was a greater like push, just a way big opening of crisis out there in the world. The, the fear that has been pushed, the brainwashing that has been pushed, in the last couple of years, the lies that have been pushed. But look, what is revealed by a crisis? There is a Greek philosopher that said, a crisis never made any man, it only reveals what he already is. All right, so when we were squeezed in the last couple of years or just over life, you know, there has been, um, issues people have been dealing with their entire life. When you are squeezed, what was coming out? What was revealed about you in the last two years of the crisis of this world? There's people that I've looked at in the last two years, the way they reacted, there was a whole lot of talk, right? Until the crisis happened. And it was like, okay, where is your faith? Where is it that you were rooted and grounded and planted and the firm foundation of our Savior and the Word of God. Where did you go? You were squeezed 
in a time when the world was pushing hard against you, hard against your family, hard against your job, hard against what your beliefs were or are, what your beliefs are, and, and, and what happened? What was revealed during a crisis? You see during John and Peter, what was revealed during their crisis, going to jail, they're handcuffed, they're standing before people that hate them, that are upset with them, they could die for what they were doing. And what was revealed during the crisis, they put their shoulders back, they spoke with boldness, the Holy Spirit inside of them just laid it out for them. Just said, listen, this is what happened. And to the amazement of the religious leaders, what took place? They said, hold on a second, we're amazed we can tell you've been with Jesus. And that's what I want to get through to us today. I want people, you want people to look at you, to look at Leslie and Laura and Liz and Michael and be like, you know what? I want what they have. They've been with Jesus. They operate by faith. They operate in miracles. They operate in courage and boldness, you know? That's what I want people to say about me. You know, back, back, you know, when Jesus would walk the streets, everybody, they're climbing trees to look at him. They're, they want to be near him. Look at the lady with the issue of blood. She thought, if I could just reach and touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. Don't you want to be known for that? Don't you want to know that people are like, if I could just get... To Bethany, if I could just get to Dana, if I could just get to them, I know that their faith would be wrapped up in mine, that they would lift me up, that they would lay hands on me, that I would be recovered. Just being around them, I would feel joy and love and peace. We want to be, what are we known for? We're known for, you know, we're, we're made in the image of God, right? That's right, Liz, put a demand on the anointing. We're made in the image of our Heavenly Father. So we should be walking around earth looking like our heavenly father. It's so annoying to see Christians walking around with their head hung low, defeated, can't get past this problem, have, just struggle after struggle after struggle. And then their mindset is, well, God's giving me this test and God's given me this struggle so I can be better and come out stronger. And no, I, I pray to God you come out stronger and you don't go back into that mess. But it's not our Heavenly Father that's putting issues in your life to see if you can be a better Christian. No, He wants us to walk as heaven on earth. He wants us to access, we have a master key. He wants us to access everything He has for us pull it down from the supernatural into the natural and live and be as heaven on earth. And so what are we known for? What are we known for? Okay. Um, and so in this case, the crisis of their arrest revealed the truth about Peter and John. They were not going to step back. They were still going to be like, listen, if this is my last breath, I am going to let you know who did it, why I'm doing it, and who I live for, for Jesus Christ. They were known, they were known for being with Jesus. All right? <laughs> I, I wrote down, we wonder why Christians have lost, like, our influence in society. 
you know, and, and, and it shows because the early Christians, it talks about Acts turning the world upside down. But, but Christians nowadays are just so worried about how they can be a people pleaser. It's like they believe something when they're in this group, and then when they get around this group, they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, maybe he doesn't heal, you know, not everybody. It's, you know, well, I, last time I read the Bible, he healed everybody. I mean, in Acts 10.38, it says he went around healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Healing all. Not some, not just a few, not just five out of ten. It said he healed all. So we don't want to be chameleon Christians. We want to be ones that stand out. We want to be like the Bible says, we're the light on a city, on a hill that can't be put out. You know, we sing that song and, and kids, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, hide under a bushel, no. Okay, well, we have to take that into our reality as adults, not just, oh, it's a cute little Christian song. No, we are going to be the light and salt in this world. What are we known for? Okay, what are you known for? Can people around you describe you as somebody who's been with Jesus? Think about that for a second. Ha can somebody go around and say, yeah, I know when she speaks, when she speaks with, the, I know that she's been with you. I know that he prays. I know that he spends time in the word. I can see it evident in his life, the miracles that come forth, the prayers that are answered. Okay, so what, when you're thinking about yourself, it's an introspective look today. I know those are not good for most people. It's like, ooh, ouch, there's something that I have to change. Ooh, but you know what? He only changes us for the better. And change people is what's gonna change the world. Unchanged people blend in with the masses, but changed people are the ones that stick out. Changed people are when a crisis is revealed, what's gonna come out of their mouth? What, when they're squeezed, what is coming out of their spirit man? Amen? All right. So um, I wrote, it's dangerous to be around Jesus, right? And not be with Jesus. <clears throat> Let me tell you what I mean. It's dangerous to be around Jesus, but not be with Jesus. There's a difference than being around Jesus and being with Jesus or being around Christians and being with Jesus. There's a difference. You can be around something, but when you're involved with something in something, it shows. Being around Christian events, you can be around, you know, how, how you conduct yourself, how you are, but being with Jesus. What are your reactions? When somebody tells you, Oh, I'm sorry, there's a virus. You can't lay hands on somebody because we have to have social distancing and you don't want to catch it. Or do we believe the word of God that says, when I lay hands on the sick, they recover. So I'm not going to put gloves on my hand. I'm not going to be worried about germs because the power that's in my hand to heal, obviously, let's have logical thinking, guys, obviously, is the same power that's going to lay hands on someone to heal, is the same power that if a virus or a disease or something that shouldn't touch my skin and be in my body touches my skin, will die. How can we have the power to lay hands on the sick, right, and see them recover per instructions from the Bible, 
but but then we're nervous to touch handlebars and nervous to touch shopping carts and nervous to touch people and nervous we can't do this I'm nervous I'm nervous I'm nervous I, I, I mean you have to think logically we're gonna confess these things we're gonna be known for we're gonna be like Jesus but then we're also gonna you know do do what what the instructions of society what God says listen if it's something that goes against the Word of God here's your key for wisdom obey the Word of God obey that that's wisdom that's true wisdom obeying the Word of God okay so being around church people are going to hell every day sitting in the church chairs but being with Jesus is different when you live a life pure holy, blameless, righteous, right? Right standing, that means, before God. So going to church does nothing. Going to church does nothing. You could take a chair, sit in the middle of your garage, and you know what? You're not going to turn into a car. So going to church means nothing. It's good, and we're required, so I don't mean nothing like you shouldn't go to church, but I mean, don't think that's your key to get into heaven. Don't think that's your key to live favored life. Don't think that's your key to have the blessings of God flow in and out of you. Don't think going to church, just going to church, the, the act of going to church is going to bring miracles into your life. No, you have to actively be with Jesus. So are we known for this? Are we known for producing miracles in our life? Are we known for walking by faith? Are we known for having a good marriage? I've been teaching on that in our, my afternoon broadcast. Are we known for having authority in our home? Are our kids loving the Lord? Are our kids serving the Lord? What are we known for? If they're not, don't kick the dirt. Don't hang your head down low. Keep speaking life into the situation. Keep calling them in for salvation. Keep saying, listen, may, maybe I have a prodigal son or daughter. They know the word. They know the truth. They're coming in in Jesus' name. Lord, put somebody in front of their life to speak words. Let every word that's spoken penetrate deep in their spirit. And then water it with faith. Water it. Don't, oh, I, he's never going to know. Oh, he's just full of uh, confusion. Oh, she's just, you know this and this no if you want to see a change speak a mighty confession from the word of God and water it. the people do this all the time they'll do an action that is based on obedience they'll do action that is by faith in the moment and then their watering of by the word is not the right water it's almost like poison that's being put on it you know you sow a significant seed and you're going to water it with the word you're not going to sow a significant seed and then two days later speak against it. Well, I guess I should never have sowed that seed. Well, I don't know what I was doing. I could have used this right now. You know, no. Take action steps to produce the miracles in your life. All right? So being around Jesus, Christians, church is not the same as being with Jesus. When you're with Jesus, you're going to have the fruit in your life that produces you being with our master, with our savior, with Jesus. <coughs> All right. So when you've been with Jesus, what else is recognized? Demons recognize it. There was times where Jesus just put his foot out of the boat on the land and demons ran to him. They didn't run away, ran to him. 
They were attracted to the power that was within Jesus. Oh, please. They would beg him, please. Because they recognized when you've been with Jesus, the enemy recognizes it. The enemy has no authority. The enemy is saying, listen, <laughs> I can tell you have the power. I can tell my tricks aren't going to work on you. When you've been with Jesus, demons recognize it. When you've been with Jesus, the unsaved recognize it. Okay? Like I said, they're going, this is, this is what I was always taught in the world. What? Your marriage is good during this? Wait a second. The gas prices are going higher and higher every day, and you're just driving around like it's nothing, and you're rejoicing? And wait a second. You haven't mentioned one time on your Instagram about gas prices being high and you're going to walk the rest of your life? What? That doesn't phase you? Yeah, it doesn't phase me. My, my heavenly father, who owns a cattle on a thousand hill, who, who created this world, who, who's our provider, he, I live right. I live right. I'm, 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 I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm obeying the word. I'm continually sowing. So what do I have to fear? What do I have to be worried about? That's how we have to think. You know, you'll get pushed and pushed and pushed by people's Instagram stories. You'll get pushed and pushed and pushed by um, the news. But you know what? Push it back. Push the crap back. We don't need it in our life. We don't need it in our mindset. We don't need it around our kids to be worried and they're wondering now, oh, great. Oh, I guess we can't drive, you know, an hour away because that's going to use a lot of gas and then we're going to have to fill it. No. No, every time I fill my gas tank, I thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This ain't nothing but a number. That's all you have to say. This ain't nothing but a number. It means nothing to me because my heavenly father will provide all that I need. If gas went to $10 a gallon, who the heck cares? Because once again, here we are revealed by a crisis. Here we are. What? What's going to be revealed when we're going through a crisis? Is it going to be, my God is my provider? That's how we always in church, when everything's great. He's my provider. I have faith. I've got, you know, extra money in the bank and da-da-da-da. And I don't, I, don't need to, I don't need to, you know, harp on that right now because everything's good. Well, you have to react the same. When you're thanking the Lord, when you are uh, overflowing, is the same as when it starts to feel tight. So you know what? When you're at the gas tank, don't be concerned as the numbers go up because you know what? This is the Lord's earth and we're not going to be without. It says in Genesis, as long as they're seed time and harvest, winter and summer. Listen, this earth is going. Those natural resources were made by our heavenly father and we walk in dominion on this earth. So when you're at the gas pump, you just say, hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for providing in my car. Thank you, Lord, that everything I have is yours. And because everything I have is yours, you're not going to let it go. You're not going to let it go to waste. You're not going to let me be broke. You're not going to let me. I'm a, I'm a sower. I'm a giver. I'm a tither. I have the favor of God in my life. And this ain't nothing but a number. All right. So that, that's, how we, that's how we have to get the mindset. Because that's the mindset of Jesus. What are you known for? 
He didn't walk around wondering, where am I going to lay my head tonight, right? Where am I going to sleep tonight? He never had any, he was never without anything. He was never without anything. He always had money. He always had places to sleep. He always had food in his belly. He always had, uh, you know, drink. He always had people around him. He always had provision and he always had enough to do for others. He, he broke the, the bread and the fish and he, he feed multitudes. You know, it always says 5,000, but I mean, there was more than that. Wives, kids. So I mean, like, he, he had enough on every travel and every journey. So that's what we have to get in our mindset. What are we known for? We're known for being like our Heavenly Father. And so we don't stress out about the things that are going on in this world. We don't, we don't care about it. Don't it, cast all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. You have a care today? You have a concern? Here's my mail, Lord. Right? Here, here Lord. This is yours. You said to cast all of my cares to you, and, and here you go. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what I feel like I'm struggling with. This is what I'm having an issue with in my life, in my kids, in my job, in my own mind, in my own inner, my inner spirit. This is what I need your help with, Lord. Here you go. And when you fully release it to him, he now has control over it, and he's going to help you out. That's right, Leslie, I love that. If our earthly fathers can give good gifts, how much more will our heavenly father give to those who are called according to his will? And his will, one will, not several wills, his will is good for you. His will is provision. His will is to see you blessed. His will is to take care of his children here on earth not just in heaven, and that's the mindset we have to get. So what are we known for? When you've been with Jesus, miracles are produced, okay? Freedom is evident in your life. When you've been with Jesus, there's no bondage. There's no chains. I don't want people living in invisible prison. That, that's a crazy. Christians should not be battling fear and anxiety and looking like the rest of the world. No, when you've been with Jesus, it's evident that freedom is in your midst, that you live free all the time, which is possible. You're taught through other teachings, it's not. You've gotta go through the storm. You've got, not that storms don't come. We know that it's scriptural to be attacked unscriptural to be defeated. So you've got to separate those two things. You've got to separate. That's great, Mike, confirmation for you. <coughs> you've got to separate those things. And so in Acts 4, <clears throat> I'm going to read in 23, as soon as they were freed, okay, so they got free, Peter and John returned to other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Okay, so see right there. When the others heard the report, they heard the crippled man healed. They heard Peter and John getting arrested and it not going to go well for them. They heard about the boldness. Now they're free and look what it is. It's turning people to pray towards God. They're going, what they have I want. Okay, what, what Peter and John have, 
I want. Do you have something that other people want? Christians and non-Christians, do you have what other people want? All right, so there, Lord, creator of heaven and earth and sea, everything in them you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David's servant saying, uh, why are the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time in futile plans? I'm going to uh, drop down to... Um, Verse 28, but everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, so they're praying, I just skipped down. Um, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants. Give us your servants. So they saw what this and they said, listen, I want it. So they say, give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They preached the word of God with boldness. So seeing what the, the crisis that was revealed and what they handled, how they handled it during a time where most people would have crumbled and given in and been the chameleon Christian, now they're saying, I want what Peter and John have. Praying, Lord, and, and then the fire of God fell and the place shook. And it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a key there. That's a key there, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So are there miracles in your own life? Are you producing miracles? Do you walk in love? Do you walk in authority? Are you able to bring freedom to the oppressed? This is what you'll be known for. This is what Jesus was known for. And like I said, we're made in his image. We're, we're to be a carbon copy. Carbon copy. So two questions. What are the marks of someone who's been with Jesus? All right, in John 1.14, I'm going to read... Um, the New Living Translation, and then I also have the ESV because I like what it said. So 114, it says, So the Word became human in His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory and the glory of the Father's one and only Son. All right, here's the ESV version. And the Word became flesh. The literal word of God became flesh and was able to walk amongst us, okay? And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father. And look, he was full of grace and truth. So what are the marks of someone who have been with Jesus? Plenty of people, <coughs> excuse me can be truthful some of the time, loving some of the time, right? We've been there. <laughs> We've all been in that position. But Jesus was filled with what? Overflowing grace and truth. Overflowing grace and truth. He spoke that way. He showed us grace and truth. He never had to choose between both. He was overflowing with both. Right? Hey, Tyra. Glad you're here, too. He never had to choose. He was just both grace and truth. <clears throat> so that points 
our lives marked by what? I wrote humility, honesty, kindness under pressure, faith under pressure, you know, telling the truth, kind of a given, but you know what? We've all need to be told that again. Faith, obedience, that's what, you know, when you mark someone who's been with Jesus, fruit of the Spirit. Think fruit of the Spirit, all nine, okay? So a man or woman filled with grace and truth draws closer to God. It draws closer to God. When you, you've been around people, right, that are full of that, full of the anointing, you can tell they've been with Jesus. Because what? When they're talking, when, when they're listening, when they walk in the room, you can feel the anointing. You can feel that. So that goes to show you that they're, they're representing their father being filled with grace and with truth. The word became flesh, dwelt among us, and he had overflowing grace and truth. So you can feel his presence. There are some people, and that's, and that's how you know. So what are marked as someone who's been with Jesus? They're overflowing with grace and truth. And then how is this developed? Just number two, how is this developed? We want to be like Christ. What do we have to do? Seek the spirit of Christ. Seek the spirit of Christ. You don't become Christ-like by accident. You don't just say the salvation prayer and then, whoop, it's all done for us. That's it. We're, we're Christ-like. You know, I never have to read. I never have to pray. I never have to relationship with the one that I'm, you know, saying I live for. That, that's not how it goes. I'm hanging around church, going through the religious motions. That is not um, how that's developed. I want to read Acts 6 real quick to you. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 2. So the 12 men called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men. And then, and then this is what they say afterwards. Select seven men who are what? You don't just pick anybody. Okay, like I said, people who are picked on a team, okay, when you're playing sports, okay, does anyone remember back in the day, Red Rover, Red Rover, and you'd have to hold hands, and, and you'd get, you'd, you'd pick, you'd be like, who do I want on my team, or kickball, you know, whatever you, you guys played, dodgeball, okay, you, you, there's always somebody in your mind you want to pick first, right, you're like, that person's good at catching, that person's good at running, that person's strong, I want that person on my team. You know, things that nowadays, escape rooms, you're like, ooh, I want somebody who has a good mind, who's smart, who thinks, you know, logical about things, who can, who can think out, you know, side the box, who, you know, has that Sherlock Holmes kind of mind. And so you're gonna pick certain people because why? Because you know what they're capable of. You know, you know what they can do, right? Okay, so it says, select seven men who are what? Well respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. So they were like, listen, there are 12 here. We're picking seven and they have to have these um, ways about them. They have to have this about them. They have to be well-respected. 
they have to have wisdom, and they have to be full of the Spirit. Being full of the Holy Spirit is not a choice. It is a requirement to get this boldness, to speak like never before. You need to be full of the Holy Spirit to go to the next level in life. You're going to end up hitting a ceiling. You're going to end up hitting a cap because He gives you the power to do things. The Holy Spirit says He's our guide. We want to hear His voice. We want to know everything we're supposed to do in life. He's going to lead us and direct us into all truth. He's going to help us escape the traps of the enemy. When we're going straight, and there's a trap. He's going to say, go right, go left, go left, back on track where you got to go around it. All right. We will give him, we will give them this responsibility and we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following, Stephen. But you know what? Like I told you at the beginning, people who were made mention had some importance. Okay. We, we know certain people's names. We know Abraham, <coughs> father of many nations. He was known, unwavering faith, okay? We know Moses. He, 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 he spoke to the burning bush. He, he, led, he led the Israelites out, okay? So we know, we know um, that, you know, Ted always says about fear, you don't know anyone like that, but faith makes you famous. And so look at, they're mentioning Stephen twice. They're mentioning Stephen twice because look what he's known for. It says in parentheses in a New Living, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. A man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Are people saying that about you today? Can people say, I'm thinking of Lynn Ann. She's a woman full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Is Leslie a woman full of faith and the Holy Spirit? Yes, I, I can say that. I know them. I've been around them. Yes, I can say that. I can vouch. I can vouch for them. Yes, I can say that. But think about that today. Are other people that know you in your workplace and in your family, can they say that person's full of faith and the Holy Spirit? So today's got to be an introspective look. Today we've got to look at ourselves and, and, and think, can people say that? About, they say it about Jesus. They said it about Abraham. They're saying it about Stephen. Look, it goes to verse 8. They mention him again. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. And look, because of it, look what it said he did. Performed amazing miracles and signs among the people and signs among the people. He was full of faith and the Holy Spirit, full of God's grace and power, which I just told you in, in the first one was what? How are marks of someone who has been with Jesus? And we read 1 John 14, that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Okay, so here we are. A man full of God's grace and power performed amazing miracles and signs among the people, okay? So, without the Holy Spirit, we'll stay exactly where we are. We don't want to be exactly where we are. I said it at the beginning, changed people change the world. We want to have everything that God has given to us. We want to have everything that he's provided. And one of that is the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do life 
without the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do everyday life. We don't want to have relationships without having the Holy Spirit. I don't want to make major decisions without the Holy Spirit. So can people tell that you walk in the fruit of the Spirit? Can they tell you're bold? Can people go to you for encouragement and for faith? Or when they get around you, you're just like, well, you know, sometimes life just goes this way and, you know, or God's just too busy for your situation. He's dealing with bigger things in the world right now. Listen, you just, this is small. You can handle it. No, like I said before, don't handle anything. He doesn't want you to handle anything. He wants you to cast your cares to him. All right. I'm going to end here with Matthew 3. Matthew 3.11, because it talks about the Holy Spirit, but it also talks about something after it. It says in Matthew 3.11, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming sooner who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and with fire. Two different things, and with fire. Yeah, I hate that too, Liz. Ted said it last night when he was preaching. He said, you know, when life throws you lemons, cut those lemons open and squeeze them in the eye of life. (laughs) Instead, people are like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna make lemonade out of it and I'm just gonna go through this mess and this storm and and I'll be stronger and better out on the other side. Well, you can take the storm. Uh, I'm not saying storms don't happen, but if you wanna just continually live in it, you know, Psalm 23 does say, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. If you wanna choose to pitch a tent up or build a house or a whole community and a town and live in the shadow of death, you know, that's your call. But I'm gonna walk right through it. I'm gonna sit at the table with my enemies and tell them to pass the butter, pass the steak, pass it, because you can't have it, you can just watch me. See, so it's, it, it's way better to, to, to apply the Word of God that way than not know what the Word of God says and continue to go through dark times and continue to take what the devil is throwing your way. When you get the revelation of Luke 10, 19, and it says that the enemy has no power, then what, what, what? He has a little power or no power? Two different things, little is not the same as no. No means no, no means none, okay? So we've gotta get this mindset. There's a line drawn in the sand. Don't straddle it. Walk on one side or the other. Because when you live in mixed emotions of Christianity, mixed emotions, you're gonna wanna pull your hair out. You're not gonna know good from bad and who's doing what. And before you know at the end of the day, you're saying God does bad things and the devil does good things because you're living in mixed emotions. Don't ride the fence, live on one side. And I can tell you a lot what the easier side is. All right, so Holy Spirit and with fire. I was looking up different commentaries of that, of to see what, um, you know, the fire, what the fire, what, what fire represents, what fire, because it's clear that it's two different things, Holy Spirit and with fire. I didn't say Holy Spirit fire. He's, he's going to baptize you with Holy Spirit fire. It says Holy Spirit and fire. So I was thinking of fire. I was thinking of the effects of it. 
It's quickening. It's purifying to our soul. It's refining. It says in Malachi 3, 2, ref, uh, there's a refining fire. To It's powerful. It's purifying. You know, it works in both ways. Fire is a light. It, it's noticeable, right? But it also can burn out the things that we don't want. The fire is going to burn up bondage. Think about the three Hebrew boys in the fire, okay? Didn't smell like smoke. Their clothes didn't burn. Their hair didn't burn. Their skin didn't burn. What burned? The bondage, the ropes that held their hands together that they were tied up with. Okay, so that's what we're going to use the fire for, the Holy Spirit and with the fire. The fire is going to refine us. It's going to purify us. It's going to flush out everything we don't want. It's going to burn up all the, the evil things. It's going to take out the invisible prison. The fire, as Ted preaches in a message before, is our friend. We don't want to reject the fire. The fire is our friend. If you got to say that all day long and understand it, say the fire is my friend. And so it's noticeable. It causes a scene. The fire causes a scene. It caused a scene with the three Hebrew boys, right? They were like, wait a second. I don't see three guys anymore. I see four. The fire's still burning. The fire burned up the <clears throat> guy that threw him in. But I see four. It caused a scene. It caused a miracle. It caused them to be noticed. And now we got a story in the Bible about it. What are you known for? See, they were known for non-compromising. They were known for their boldness. They were known that they've been with Jesus, really been with Jesus in the fire, right? Okay, so um, John Wesley, an old preacher from the 1700s, an old evangelist, uh, put this uh, quote down, and I keep it in my phone, and it's, get on fire for God, and men will come and see you burn. Men will come and see you burn. Get on fire for God and men will come and see you burn. The fire will be a scene and that's what we want. Everybody else is causing a scene, causing parades, looking like idiots, like fools, wearing the craziest outfits and makeup and what they're standing for and what they're marching for and marching for sin and marching for animals and making scenes for this. Where's the time that we're going to wake up and we're going to make a scene? We're going to be the fire. We're going to be the light. We're going to be over here causing the ruckus. And like it says in Acts, turning the world upside down. But it starts with us. It starts with us to know, have we been with Jesus? That's what I'm leaving with you today. Have you been with Jesus? Because you can play the part. You can put all your little memes up on social media and go to your Holy Bible app and people post the verse of the day as if they were reading the Word of God and that's what they came across. And it's like, you know, that's what I'm saying. You, you, you got the people that put on a good front but then when a crisis comes, what's revealed? Then when things, you know, when people need something, what's revealed? Uh, when, a, when, a, when a demon-possessed person breaks out in church, the Holy, the Holy Ghost churches, not the seeker-sensitive churches, he ain't there, no one's there. It, they're just, it's just revolving door of nonsense. And so when you're at a Holy Ghost-filled church and the demons are uncomfortable and someone breaks out, what are you doing? Are you running? Are you going to look it in the eye and tell him he's got to go and he can't stay and he has no authority? 
That's the difference. That's the difference. The people who have been with Jesus are going to operate like Jesus. The people who have been with Jesus are going to be known for being with Jesus. And that's you today. That's me today. That's your kids. That's your husband. That's my kids. That's my husband. We're not playing games. We're going to be known for being with Jesus. Listen, there's a hurt and dying world out there. We need to be a blessing with spiritual blessings on top of financial blessings. He's not here just to meet our needs, okay, our wants, our needs, but for us to go and meet other people's needs, to be a blessing. So what are we known for? Are we operating the way our Savior operated? Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person that's watching today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us strong, that you've set us apart, that you've given us your word to operate in, that we don't have to wander around knowing what we're supposed to do. You've given us the armor of God every day that we should put on. You've given us everything to protect our head, to protect our mind, to protect our heart, to give us the sword of the spirit, Lord, that we can cut through the lies of the enemy. Thank you, Lord, for equipping us to do what you've called us to do, that we're going to be known for you, that we're going to do what you told us to do when you went to heaven was to do great and mighty things. Lord, we're a changed people. We're not looking like everybody else. We've got the fire of God living inside of us. When we speak, we speak with boldness. When we speak, we speak with authority. The devils have to run. They can't stay. When we speak, Lord, the word does not return void like your word of God says. When we call upon your name, when we pray, Father God, like it says in Isaiah, it says that before we're even finished, you're ready to answer our prayers. And Lord, whatever anyone's struggling with today, we're cutting it out. Whatever anyone's battling today, this is the last day they're going to battle it. For they stand head and shoulders above the rest. Their shoulders are squared back. And we're standing on a firm foundation in the name of Jesus. The enemy has no say. He has no authority. We're not allowing him into our mind, our lives, our thoughts, our children, our atmosphere. We have drawn a sand. We have the title, drawn a line in the sand. We have the title deed by faith to operate and pull in what you have for us. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit you've given to us to be filled inside of our bodies for a boldness and a strength like never before. That, Lord, what we feel like we've been intimidated by or what we used to not be able to uh, say or do, this is a turning point. We're not going this year without winning the lost. We're not going this year without seeing miracles in our own lives. We're not going the rest of this year with not being able to lay hands on somebody and getting a testimony back that the power of God was used through us to heal somebody else, to see someone else set free from a bondage, from addiction, from uh, 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 lies and deceit of the enemy. We're going to be used because we have the fire inside of us and the fire is our friend. And what we're known for, Jesus, is going to be known for being with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. If you feel it, if you agree with it, write those emojis in there, comments, the fire, the hands, the dance, whatever you want to do. I feel the strength behind it because we got work to do. We've got work to do, guys. And he can only do it now through us. 
He's done everything he's going to do, and he's counting on us to operate that way. I love you guys so much. I just want to uh, take a minute before I leave to ask you to prayerfully sow into this ministry. There's so much going on, and we, we have so many Victory Tribe uh, on uh, with us today, and you guys, many of you are partners, and we appreciate it. We love you. We feel like family with you. And so, you know, I'm so excited when we travel, we get to, to see you. But what you do continues to help us push the gospel forward. We are in, Tiffany, is it over 180 million? Is that what it is? Homes? Yeah. I mean, like, and the TV is increasing. We're getting messages left and right of other countries, other stations that are, that are reaching out to us. We're not even reaching out to them, reaching out to us, wanting to put our program on, wanting to put on, you know, seeing miracles. You don't, you, we, there's, there's TED Talks all the time, you know, and TED happens to be a TED. But I'm saying there's good talks all the time and teaching is good. But you know what else we have to, have to do is a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And our, and our TV programs show miracles and it's a gift of faith that's preached forth. And we're not, we're not pulling back. This is not a time to pull back. This is a time to go forward. So if you haven't given financially into Miracle Word Ministries, I ask that you pray and that you do today. There's ways to do it on the screen below. If you're a partner, pray this year. Every year we should be increasing. So that means as we increase financially, levels of giving should change, levels in our life. You know, every year, Ted and I make a giving goal. I just turned in our taxes. We by far passed last year's giving, far past it. And you know what? And that's a goal and one-time seeds. And so I'm looking forward to, it makes me excited for this year. I'm like, okay, so this year, Lord, you know, the pressure is on. It, it's, a, it's like a contest. It's like a goal. We've got to give more than we did last year. So as we level up in the Lord, we need to level up our giving. Because you know what? We can't outgive God. We can't outgive God. And so for us to increase above our tithes, is our offering. And so I ask you to prayerfully consider joining with Ted and I to continue to push the gospel, to feed the children that we feed with Lester Summerall. We're getting ready to put out new um, stuff all the time for Miracle Word Kids and, and Miracle Word University. And you are a part of seeing, you don't get to travel with us a lot, but you're a part of the souls that are one. You're part of the miracle because you're standing in faith with us financially and you're praying for us and we love you and so grateful so grateful that you are if you're giving uh $85 or more uh we're going to send a gift to you for any seed of $85 or more is I believe in visions by Kenneth Hagan we're going to send this book to you and if you but but we don't automatically send it so you've got to go to that link on the bottom of the slide it says miracleword.com forward slash offer and all you have to do is put your address in that's it and that gives a notification to our office that you want that gift this month and we'll get that in the mail to you for $85 or more if you're giving $250 or more um, you're going to get two books you're going to get the first book the Kenneth Hagen book and then you're going to get um, this this one called the miracle of the scarlet thread so that's for $250 or more again you got to go to miracleword.com 
forward slash offer. And if you are sewing $1,000 or more, our gift to you is we switched it up. Uh, Ted has now chosen the NET Bible to be a part of your reading plan, as well as the two other books given on the other level. Uh, we do have people that do uh, the $5,000 or more. And with the $5,000 or more, we send a, a beautiful uh, elite box. It's a study collection. It, Ted has gone through in detail of his favorite books on studying the Bible. And I mean, we're not going to just survive life reading a few chapters every day. That's a great resource. It's a book. It's a keepsake box uh, that you can keep and, and, and fill it up and, and do, you know, it's just a keepsake box. So it's a beautiful thing that's sent to you for anyone who's doing $5, up uh, $5, <laughs> $5,000 or more. Talk to myself too much today. No, I was kidding. Um, so we appreciate you standing with us and, and helping us push the gospel forward. Um, I genuinely, when I say love you guys, uh, I get so excited to see you. We're getting ready to leave next Saturday for about three weeks. Uh, you can check our schedule. We're, we're week to week, and I really, really would love to see the Victory Tribe at some of those meetings. Um, I already have some people that are like, I just booked my hotel. I'm coming down for Friday night. I'm coming this night. Uh, so we appreciate it. We're so excited to see you. It's genuinely like seeing family. I love you too, uh, Leslie and Tyra. Have a blessed day, Robert. Uh, Ted will be back in the studio tomorrow morning. And then I'll be back tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. Have a wonderful Thursday. I love you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow.